the way. Current events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. think the leader of Hamas and those who ignorantly support Hamas might want to get on the same page because our articles reveal they are not. What is revealing is how birds of prey are being used right now and how they might be used prophetically. Earthquakes and pestilence are back in our stack and a story of how one prison inmate overcame the odds stacked against him is just some of what we'll discuss as we explore the signs of the times. Our weekly peek at Bible prophecies in the world's news for Friday, November 10th, 2023. And if you feel the odds are stacked against you and finding the right insurance, then let our sponsor, Bob Johnson Insurance, a full-service independent agency featuring Erie Insurance products, help you find the right policy. You can contact them by phone at 865-922-3111 or online at bobjohnsonins.com. Listen, watch, read the articles we talk about, or do all three if you're a multitasker. Or if you're the generous type, you can share any of our shows with someone you know. Or if you have an inquiring mind, you can ask Pastor Mark your prophecy question simply by hitting us up at thewaymedia.net, then click Signs of the Times. Or you can do the same right on our Way Media app. And now, here to remind us that half-baked ideas are okay as long as they stay in the oven is Pastor Mark, who doesn't understand why a set of false teeth are called dentures. He thinks they really missed an opportunity to call them substitutes. <laughs> okay, yeah, substitutes. Yeah, I like that. It's kind of it's it kind of makes sense, yeah, doesn't it? It does. It does. I, that's that's good. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, well, we won't spend. We won't, yeah, we don't want to spend too much time meditating on those things. Because the Bible says sink to, in. let us sink to, in. The, the Bible says to meditate on things that are funny that's right. and not on things that aren't. I think I that's know. in Philippians. I, think, yeah. I think that's in Philippians somewhere. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure. But first, hilarious. I'm uh, not uh, sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's head over to Israel. Uh, this is uh, this is where the um, and if you were listening before the show, the the Garlo perspective pretty much nailed it. You know, when you've got people that want to kill you, there is no restraint. Yeah, uh, and this is from Breitbart.com. Hamas leader is telling the New York Times 
probably their their media outlet. Yeah. Uh, no interest in helping Palestinians in Gaza, meaning the, Hamas has no interest in helping the Palestinians in Gaza. Why? Because they want a permanent war that's right. against Israel. That's right. They don't care about just something temporary, Greg. They're trying to wipe out the Jews. And that's the bottom line all of our listeners need to remember. This is about their desire to exterminate the Jews completely. And I, even before I get into this, I want to make a couple of comments about that because it's amazing to me the level of ignorance among the protesters in the streets. Last week, I thought we had these young, foolish college students protesting because they knew the details and just were young and foolish and standing in the wrong place, unsaved, etc. But after some of them, um, uh, you know, the guy with the microphone that shows up and says, what are you doing and what's going on? Greg, they, they didn't even realize that the Jews had been attacked, some of them they talked to. They literally were saying, well, we hadn't heard about anything where, where, where the Palestinians came in or Hamas came into Israel and did anything. All we saw was Israel just going and start wiping them out. We're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Do you not even know what happened? They're saying, well, we haven't heard. And I'm going, they don't even know what happened. There are some of these that are out there protesting who just think Israel just decided to go start bombing the Palestinians and attacking the Gaza. It shocks me. I mean, it, the ignorance, Greg, is out the roof. I mean, how did, how did they miss that? I have to believe they're certainly not watching any news on TV. It's probably all TikTok. Oh, it's yeah, all, that makes sense. It's all social sure. media. And, and again, TikTok is run by who? China. And China, <laughs> seriously. No, I, I know. I'm laughing. We laugh, but true. it truly is. TikTok is China's app. And, and the thing is that China is very anti-Israel and very pro-Hamas. So it, it, to see that happen, it's like unbelievable. But again, you see here now, this they, they want a permanent war. The bottom line is they want to kill the Jews. That's what this river to the sea means from the River Jordan to the Mediterranean. That means kill all the Jews, wipe them out. So anybody saying that is basically saying genocide on the Jews, exterminate the Jews. And what's amazing to me is they accuse the Jews of genocide when they're the ones promoting genocide. The Jews are doing self-defense. Interestingly enough, Greg, and I've got to get into this article, but so many things I look at before I get into this that are coming out. Yes. Um, when they watch the videos of the attack uh, coming across the border, there there was one Israeli policeman saying that the soldiers pretty much went after the, the, um, the towers where the soldiers were and all that kind of stuff. He said that the largest part of the um, civilian casualties in Israel were done by civilians in, in Gaza. The civilians came in and were killing people, while the military went and took out the military post. Now, I, I haven't verified that. I don't know the full accuracy of that, but that's coming out of Israel right now, saying when they're watching the videos, everybody keeps talking about the innocent civilians of Gaza, and certainly we care about anybody that is innocent. What he's saying is, is those innocent civilians, I put that in air quotes, many of them were the ones coming in and executing people and taking back the uh, the captives. So, um, you know, it's really hard to separate the civilians from the military because of the mindset and how they teach in that region. The bottom line is the Jews have to go in and clean out everything there that can bring danger to the nation of Israel. Uh, and, of course, protecting true civilians when they can when they can verify that. Hamas leaders told the New York Times on Wednesday they had no interest in governing Gaza and instead wanted to create a permanent state of war against Israel that in their minds would mobilize Arab support and keep the Palestinian cause alive. The idea of governing Gaza well or building institutions toward creating a Palestinian state seems not to have occurred to them, nor did the Times' Ben Hubbard and Maria Abi Habib, who had access to the Hamas leaders, suggest um, any different idea or, or suggest a more constructive idea. And I quote, it was necessary to change the entire equation and not just to have a clash. Khalil al-Haya, a member of Hamas' top leadership body, told the New York Times in the uh, Doha in Doha Qatar, we succeeded in putting the Palestinian issue back on the table. And now no one in the region is experiencing calm. So, so they're saying we did this on purpose. 
we sacrificed our own people just to get this back in the forefront. He says, I hope that the state of war with Israel will become permanent on all borders and that Arab, the Arab world will stand with us. The battle was not because we wanted to fuel, we wanted fuel or laborers, he added. It did not seek to improve the situation in Gaza. This battle is to completely overthrow the situation. And, and what's interesting, Greg, they're saying we want permanent war. We want to wipe out all the Jews. Netanyahu, and again, I don't think he's going to be able to do this. I think there's going to be such outrage in the world, but I keep looking for things to make the world more and more angry at the Jews to turn even America against them because we know the whole world in the last days will turn against the Jews. But Netanyahu right now, here's what he's saying right now. I I suspect this will change, but if it doesn't, this could be a real catalyst to the world turning on Israel in a much larger way. He's saying, basically, we're not going to turn this back over to Hamas or the Palestinians. We're going to take it over. And we're going to run it and make sure that that we have our security in place and that we're running the show down there in Gaza. I wouldn't be surprised if they're not thinking about Israelis moving back into Gaza again. Remember, they were there in 05, and it was uh, President Bush and Ariel Sharon that made the deal to, to make them leave, etc. Which is, we tied to Hurricane Katrina, another story, another well, day. Well, lots of things, even, yes. even a stroke that yes. took Ariel Sharon out again, standing against his own land. But with that said, here's the point. Can you imagine, Okay, right now, here's what the world is saying. The Jews are occupying. They're occupying Palestinian territory. Can you imagine, Greg, if they go in and say, this is now Israel, we're going to have security, we're taking it over, we're not going to let it be a Palestinian region again. The Palestinians that are here can stay. Like, like They'll intermingle with, intermingle with us, but we're, our government will be here, our military, we're going to run it. What do you think the world's going to say? What do you think the Jew haters are going to say? You're occupying even more. You're false occupiers. Now they need to be kicked out of the land and out of Gaza. I mean, I'm telling you, this could really make things explode even more. I think what's interesting to think about is if they did that again, you know, it's one thing that you live in the land of Israel and your enemies are on your border and you don't have a big country. You've got the state of New Jersey. It's a small place. And could you imagine who from Israel, what Jew from Israel is, and again, I'm looking at it from my mindset, obviously, is going to want to move into Gaza. Yeah. I mean, the place is a destitute ghetto for the most part. You're, you're right. You're, logically, Greg, you're right. But they do. I know. That's got to be, a, if that happens, Pastor Mark, that's got to be a supernatural move. Well, you know, it happened the first time they moved in, of course, and then they moved in different areas. And even now, I wonder, why would you want to even live on the border? Right. I guess you'd have this exactly. false assumption you're going to be okay. Well, they but, did. Yeah, but think about it again. Had we had like 30-some thousand Americans raped and murdered that way on our southern border, would we be fine with just saying we're going to go in there and take out this group that did that and then we're going to go back to normal? Or would we be looking to do something different right there at the border? Now, again, with the nation of Mexico, it's different because at that point we probably wouldn't have to do. But what we should have done many years ago, build an unbelievably double fortressed wall. I mean, something double fortressed and dummy, you know, double everything, in which, again, you can't even do now politically. Uh, a real wall because of the politics. But if that was to happen, and it happened on our southern border, I guarantee you, Greg, Americans would make them build a wall. It wouldn't be President Trump wanting to build a wall. It would be America saying that wall will be built, and it will start right now, and there would be major war and blockades. I mean, again, now you go back to Israel. I understand what they're saying. They're saying, look, this will never be the same. And and But I just when I hear that kind of thing where they're saying, look, we're going to take over and run. We're going to run the Gaza Strip. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, if they're already upset about what Israel already was and then this war, you talk about just making them go nuts. And if Israel is hurting enough 
and they're scared enough and upset enough. I mean, they could do that. I, 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 I have trouble seeing that stay that way. That could be something where the Antichrist could come in and say, you know, the world's freaking out. Hey, I've got an idea. Let's fix this up. But, you know, Joel says that God's going to judge them for dividing up his land. And God gave his land to the Jew. So if anybody's occupying Israel right now, it's not the Jew. It's everybody else. The Jew or the official legal Israeli, regardless of their background, because there are Arab Jews and Palestinian Jews and others, whoever's a legal Jew there or legal uh, Israeli, I should say, that's who the land belongs to. And so God gave it to the Jews. So the occupiers right now are the Palestinians. They're the occupiers. It is Israel's land. And really, in Gaza, the Palestinians are occupiers. That is Israeli land. God gave it to them. And if Israel tries to claim it as theirs, boy, it's going to get weird. Like I said, they're going to divide it up in the last days. The Bible says it's going to get even weirder. But keep your eye on that because that right there, you think it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hot environment now. It's going to be even more so if that takes place. Yeah. All right, let's go to Israel National News. This article is dated November 6th. Eye in the Sky, how birds of prey are being used to find bodies of the massacre victims. This is very interesting. It's grotesquely genius. Yes, it, it, it is, unfortunately. It is. It's very grotesque, but it is genius, and it makes total logical sense. Bodies of victims from October 7th massacre are being found thanks to birds of prey. Who gather around them. Remember, everybody ran in all directions, and they didn't find everyone that was hiding or who got shot and fell in a ditch or over a hill or whatever. It says, according to a report by Israel Hayom, um, Lieutenant Colonel uh, Nassim Magnagi, who was drafted for reserve duty and was working with the unit, th- uh, thought of an idea to facilitate the search, finding large gatherings of birds of prey in the areas of the massacre. The unit commander was impressed by the idea and reached out to the relevant authorities to assist him with the unusual tracking of birds of prey in the area. So they're looking for the gathering of the vultures or the birds and saying there's, there's something dead over there. It's either an animal or it's a person. And sadly, they're finding, well, happily, they're finding bodies. Sadly, they're finding the bodies that way. But Greg, I find that intriguing. And you gave a teaser to it on your intro there. Um, you know, this is something God's going to use in the last days more than once. The Bible tells us in uh, the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war that the um, the migration route of the birds are going to gather and they're going to eat, eat the bodies of the remainder of those soldiers. It tells us also in Armageddon the same thing. They're going to be gathering and eating the bodies of those that are left over. So God uses is going to use birds of prey um, in the Middle East, using them now, but it's going to use birds of prey to clean up the mess in these future battles with Israel and their surrounding neighbors. Yeah. So it's very interesting that it's, it's kind of like a precursor. It's not really those battles, but you can see how, again, um, that area is an area of great migration. We talked about over 500 million birds travel on their way there and their way back as they migrate across Europe and Africa and um, over 550 different species. And many of them are, I don't know how many are carnivore, but I know that a large majority probably are. Uh, I don't know how that bird world goes as far as that goes, but either way, it's pretty amazing. When you're hungry, you're hungry. I guess so, but pretty amazing to to see that in a lot of the upcoming battles. Yeah, well, you know what's interesting, Pastor Mark, when they when these birds fly over Armageddon, yes. and feast. At what point is that in the prophecy timeline? Well, I mean, it will certainly be after the battle is completed. Um, but 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 along the way have been God's judgments. Yeah, which means judgments that He has poured out not only on man. 
but on creation. Yeah. When you think about yeah. the lack of sun, the, 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 all of the things, and maybe you're looking that up right now as we're talking, I'm thinking that even if those birds are not by nature carnivore, yeah. if God has somehow depleted the natural resources because of the judgment going on, these yeah. birds are going to be hungry. Yeah, it's, you're, that's a great point, Greg. I didn't think about that, but actually... I didn't think about it until we were look, talking about and it. And look, during the whole time of those final three and a half years, the migration will still be taking place. Yes. So the death will still be there. They'll still be feasting on the bodies or whatever they run across. But it's interesting, in this one, the specific reference is, where it kind of culminates, is in Matthew 24, uh, talking about his second coming, Matthew 24, 27, he says, Jesus said, for his lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, that is very quickly, which by the way, he'll be coming back from the east, you know, coming from the east, that direction actually. Uh, he says, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be, that is the second coming, for wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. So you're going to see all these birds gathering when the Lord comes back at the second coming. You're going to see them prior to that, like you said, Greg. You're probably going to see them maybe extra hungry because of what they're going through through the Great Tribulation. And by the way, for our listeners who weren't with us, you know, don't come to Calvary Chapel and maybe didn't hear me explain this in a recent teaching that we did here at church. You think, eagles? What are you talking about, eagles? There aren't eagles in the Middle East. And eagles, you know, that's usually vultures. Well, hold on. Remember, there are eagles in the Middle East, number one. As a matter of fact, there's an eagle sanctuary right next to Armageddon, which I saw one year I was there. They showed us an eagle where the eagles nest, you know, in that area, which I thought was rather interesting. Uh, But also, we know that the eagles migrate with those 500 million or so that come back during the spring and the fall. So, yeah, there'll be vultures there. But as the Lord said, there will also be eagles. I think in America, Pastor Mark, when we think of eagle, our brain immediately, even though we don't say it, it goes to the bald eagle. Yes, you're right. And we forget that in God's creation, God has created different types of eagles, and the bald eagle is only one of them. That's right. You're exactly right. There's a whole different eagle there in the Middle East, and very interesting to to, to watch them, you know. So, yeah, that's a great point, but very interesting, and I think they they will be hungry, and they will be gathering, that's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a potluck for you. Sure, sure. That's prophetic potluck. Yes. Um, All right, let's come back to this country, unfortunately. And uh, see some more ignorance that we kind of teased about at the beginning of the program. And this kind of was what we were alluding to, that the leader of Hamas and these people that are protesting for uh, Hamas's cause need to get together because there's a pro-Palestinian protesting in D.C. and across the U.S. calling for a ceasefire when basically, you know, the Hamas leader doesn't want a ceasefire. He, He wants... War. No, and this is really a, a spirit of the enemy, Greg, here calling for ceasefire. Look, it, no one yeah. wants war, but here's the no. bottom line is war has to take place until the bad guys are dealt with. There are righteous wars. This is a righteous war. Hamas needs to be annihilated from the face of the planet. And so what 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 Satan does is he moves in people's hearts or start going ceasefire, ceasefire. And it sounds good. On the surface, yeah, that's right, we shouldn't be fighting. Hold on, no, there's a time you should be fighting. I go back to that Ecclesiastes, what is it, Ecclesiastes 3, there's a time of war and a time of peace. This is a time of war, and it needs to take place. And the reason that the enemy would stir people to yell ceasefire is only so that Hamas can reload. It's interesting, in the yeah. Middle East, a ceasefire is just, true. It's just a, a moment to reload Yes, for Hamas. They're going to yeah. reposition new weapons, yep. reposition their, their military, try new ways to fight the Jews. And by the way, if and we mentioned this, I think, last week, but if you were to put both the commanders there... And hear each side, and and there was an agreed ceasefire. You would hear the Israeli side say cease, and you hear the Hamas side say fire. fire. There's your ceasefire <laughs> if it comes to the Middle East and Hamas and Israel. Uh. They don't ever stop. They're looking for more reasons to slow Israel down from their from destroying them. 
uh, and they want to kill him. Uh, the article says, as Israel continues its fourth week of... In- now, let me, before I even read this, I want you to recognize the the bias. This is a CNN, ar- CNN article, which is flavored, flavored anti-Israel pro-Palestinian. I'm just going to say it. Even the way they say things, okay? I'll point this out to you. As Israel continues its fourth week of intense bar- bombardment... Uh, of the besieged Gaza Strip. Of course, it's intense. It needs to be to destroy the enemy. Huge crowds of protesters have gathered to call for a ceasefire in Washington, D.C., as well as in other capital cities around the globe. Saturday's turnout is a continuation of protests that have emerged across the world. Notice this. In response to Israel's intense retaliation for the October 7th Hamas terror attacks, which killed more than 1,400 people, including civilians and soldiers. Now, does this tie into what you were sharing earlier about the college kids or the protesters yeah. and not even knowing what had happened to Israel? Well, some of them here. Okay. Now, here they're, they're, uh, yes, you're right. Yes. I don't know how many know and how many don't know, but yeah, they would all be a part of these crowds. I'm not saying that they all don't know. Sure. But notice the language here, the intense retaliation. Look, this is called defending your family. It's not about intense retaliation. It's not like, uh, you know, you, 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 you stole my hat, so I'm going to steal two of your hats. This is not tit for tat. This is you came in and raped our women, burned our babies alive, killed the men. Uh, and so gutted pregnant women. Yes. And you're saying the whole time we want this to happen to all of you. We want to kill all of you from the river to the sea. So this is not just intense retaliation. This is a wiping out of an evil group of people. Not all of the Gazans are. I know that. I want to make that clear because I could be falsely accused by that statement. I realize not every Gazan is is evil. Not everybody. There are civilians there. There are people there that don't want this. I understand that. They sh- um, hopefully they can be rescued and kept from this 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 moment. But I'm talking about those who are wicked and those who intend evil. Hamas and all those who who agree to their what they teach and what they want to do. This is not intense retaliation. This is a just judgment and a removal of a cancer in the region so the body can survive. The nonstop Israeli bombardment. See how they say it? Intense retaliation. Nonstop it's very Israeli, clever. Yeah, nonstop Israeli bombardment. Intense bombardment. This is to inflame the emotions. Yes, and it, it just drives me nuts. Uh, the nonstop Israeli bombardment, which I'll add, should be taking place. Now, Greg, okay, hold on. This next statement was given by Hamas. Okay. They write it as though they found it out and got it from a reputable source. Okay. So Hamas, who are liars, killers, yes. murders, raped all the women, killed the babies, killed the men. Which means what, violence. Here's what they said, and now, and now uh, CNN uh, presents it as though it's fact. The nonstop Israeli bombardment has killed almost 10,000 people in Gaza. How do we know that? Yeah, how do we know how, that? But if Hamas said it, we can't believe a word they would say. I'm not saying there haven't been probably thousands killed. I'm saying, and, and there's just the, the terrorists alone would be thousands. My point is, why, why would we believe this? And they say many of them civilians, and a large portion of them children. Notice how they point that out. Oh, of course. Uh, it, listen, every war, civilians and children die. That's the horrible side of war. But when we went into World War II and started dropping bombs on, on Germany, we didn't go, you know, we, we need to be careful here because there are women and children down there. No, we said, here is an evil nation that's trying to destroy the entire world, has killed over 6 million Jews, and they have to be stopped and wiped out. And if some others die with them, that's horrible, but it's just it's the consequences of war. of war. You cannot avoid it. But they present it here like, oh, it's something that you could be avoided or something that Israel wants to happen. It's nonsense. Israeli airstrikes have targeted hospitals, schools, refugee camps, and ambulances. Lies, lies, lies. They're not targeted any hospitals or schools. Look, the, the schools that have been, yet they're having some schools that have been hit. Why? 
First of all, no hospitals have been targeted. That's just a lie. The schools, yes, because they put all their weapons in the schools and they had to destroy the weapons. And Israel told them, get your kids out of there. Get your people out of there. They drop leaflets. Uh, they go in refugee camps and ambulances. That's because they're hiding in refugee camps. And Greg, the other day, there was a group of Hamas leaders trying to escape in an ambulance. And Israel knew about it and blew the ambulance up. Well, the head was like, Israel blows up an ambulance. And then it came out, yeah, full of Hamas leaders. Yeah. Okay, so this it's all lies. Yeah. And they end it by saying that it's 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 war crimes. No, it's not war crimes. It's it's war lies is what it is. Yeah, uh, people need to understand that Hamas. Well, first of all, and we shared this a couple of weeks ago. It literally means violence. That's what the definition of Hamas that's right. Means. That's right. Uh, but these terrorists are not, um, for lack of a better term, say real men. Yeah, they behave like cockroaches. You're right. You're right. They're cowards. They're cowards. Yep. They, they, they really hide are. behind children. They hide behind children. Yep. When the light comes on, they scurry. That's right. To the little holes in the ground. Exactly. That's exactly Whether right. Whether it's to the tunnels, to the hospitals, and they will use whomever. You know what's interesting, Pastor Mark? There's a spiritual correlation here to the behavior of Hamas and Satan. Yeah. And it is this. Satan wants your allegiance, but he has no interest in your welfare. He has no interest in protecting you. That's right. He has no interest in loving you, taking care of you. Why? Because it's not in his nature whatsoever. That's right. His nature is to use you for his purposes, and that's exactly what we see the behavior of Hamas. That's right. They will use the shielding of of women, of children, of schools, of hospitals, of whatever they want to use. In order to try to hide so they can continue to unleash terror. Yeah. And look at the contrast. Jesus said, I've come to give life and life more abundant. What does Hamas say? We've come to take life and, and we want, we want to die. It's, it's, and we want to die and we want everybody else to die. One of the Hamas leaders shows you the difference in who, who's the light in the dark here, yeah. Satan and, and God. And what the Hamas leader, Greg, one of their leaders came out and said, we need many of our women and children to die in order for this to take place for our cause. We need them to die. They want their women and children to die because what it does is it makes the it world ma- emotional. Yes. And gets everybody and against Israel. Yep. The, and they care nothing about them. Yep. Kill them so that I can live. And, and, and again, Greg, three of the richest men in the world are Hamas leaders. Hmm. People don't know that. They have billions. Three of the richest men in the world are, are part of these Hamas leaders. They have billions and billions. Their people have nothing. When they built the tunnels, they didn't build any bomb shelters. They didn't do anything to help the community. And when they asked them, why didn't you build any bomb shelters in case something happened or in case the community needed supplies? They said, that's up for the UN to take care of. This yeah. money's for Hamas. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, these guys are evil. They're wicked. They need to be annihilated and destroyed. Israel's doing the right thing. And God bless them in this effort to rid that region of such evil. Yeah. All right, Pastor Mark, the ignorance continues. This is from the Times of Israel, dated November 7th. Uh, The U.S., of course, we shouldn't be surprised there as far as our government is concerned. The U.S. current administration says it opposes the quote-unquote reoccupation of Gaza by Israel, which you were talking about earlier. Exactly, and remember, they were there. They came out under the urging of President Bush and and, uh, and Ariel Sharon, as they agreed. And and the the word occupation is a hot-button issue because, (laughs) oh, you're occupying somebody else's land. This land all belongs to Israel. The United States says it opposes Israel resuming long-term control of the Gaza Strip. Our viewpoint is that Palestinians must be at the forefront of these decisions, and Gaza is Palestine land, uh, Palestinian land. It will remain Palestinian land. 
uh, the State Department spokesman said and told reporters. Again, that's uh, God will come back and sort all that out. That's not the point. But whenever I hear about Israel occupying it, it upsets me because God gave them all this land and much more. Yeah. Generally speaking, we do not support the reoccupation of Gaza, and neither does Israel, only God. I added the only God part. Sorry. I just, I had to. Uh, Israel withdrew from the Gaza Strip, um, which is uh, which was captured from Egypt in the 67 Six Day War 20, in 2005. It later imposed a blockade after the Hamas terror group seized control of the territory and used it to fire rockets at Israel population centers. Let me say this. The Gaza Strip has never been an official part of the nation of Israel. I get that. Uh, even as as far as the world's concerned, as far as their map, it, neither has the, uh, Samaria as far as the world's concerned in their map. But as far as God's concerned, Samaria, that's Israel. That's not, that's theirs. As far as Gaza, that's Israel. It all belongs to Israel all the way down, again, eventually all the way down to the, to the river Nile and all the way back to uh, Iran, uh, you know, Euphrates. That's the land God gave them. So anybody in between those two areas that is not a Jew, they're actually the occupiers and the rest of it is Jewish land. Now I know that's not going to be settled till the Lord comes back, but I'm just giving you Bible and the word of God. You know, in the Bible, and really if we want to take it a little bit deeper, Pastor Mark, technically, according to what God's Word tells us, we're all occupiers. That's right. It all belongs to Him. It all belongs to Him. Yeah, that's a great point, because, you know, who does the land of Israel belong to? It belongs to God. God said, it is my land, but here's the thing. You know, God can give His land to anybody to whoever he wants. he wants. And He said, I'm going to give it to Abraham's descendants through Isaac, not through Ishmael. Abraham's descendants through Isaac which is the 12 tribes of Israel, which are what we call today the Jewish nation. God said, I gave it to them. It's theirs. Now, Satan fights that. The world's going to fight that. But when Jesus comes back and puts his foot down, and he's going to put his foot down, and the Mount of Olives is going to split when he puts his foot down, yeah. and, he, and he's going to conquer the entire world, be the king of the world, and when he does, he's going to give all that land from the Nile all the way over to the Euphrates. He's given that to Israel and the Jews. He said, this is Israel. And it's going to be, think of that gigantic portion of land that is it's like a you know i don't know the exact size of it but it's massive and um and i can't wait it's going to be an exciting day that's pastor mark kirk who is helping us understand the signs of the times our weekly review of bible prophecy in the world's news on wiam lp knoxville we are a weekly radio broadcast that will become podcast number 286 later today and is available to subscribe to and listen through wherever you get your podcasts and now Pastor Mark, we've got three questions this week. The first one comes from James, who enjoys Signs of the Times out in Seymour, Tennessee. And it's about the war in Ezekiel 39. He says the Bible says that Israel will be attacked from the north from several different countries in Ezekiel. Will it be the countries themselves or the militias in those countries or a combination of both? Also, you mentioned before, Pastor Mark, that the Antichrist will come from Europe and then he could rise to power as the one who brokers a peace deal in the Middle East. Not sure if that was the exact statement. Qatar has been known here lately as the country to broker deals between two rival countries, i.e. conflict mediation. Could the Antichrist come from Qatar? Yeah, again, great questions. The First of all, it's going to be the nations that will be leading this with their leaders coming against Israel, but there will also be those rogue people that will be joining them. So if you want to call them militias, I guess you could. So I think that maybe a little bit of both would be happening. But again, the Bible just talks about these main countries you know, coming in uh, against them. That's going to be Iran, Russia. And their leadership. Yeah, Iran, Russia, Turkey, Libya, and Sudan. They're going to be leading kind of the, the, the thrust here, and then others are going to be joining them. And you, you, again, militias, if you want to think of it that way, but it's, it's 
these leaders and their governments doing it. And by the way, Greg, a lot of people don't realize Sudan's getting more and more involved in this. They got fired up because of Israel going into um, um, the Gaza Strip and just the other day killed 800, uh, um, you know, um, uh, Jewish um, Jewish people are either Jews or Christians. I think Jews may, but Jews or Christians there uh, in 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 uh, Sudan, and so you don't hear that about that on the news. No, you don't. But again, that's going on. Sudan is getting ramped up, and they're also doing mass murders as well. Now they've been doing that. They've been having wars for a long time over there. Okay, so yeah. I don't want to make it sound like it's something new, but I find that interesting that they're starting to get. You know, I'm seeing them in the news now, not in relation to you know somebody doing prophecy, just in the news, mm-hmm. and that caught my attention. So, mm. uh, and as far as the the, um, the, the Antichrist, remember Rome ruled the entire world, and the Bible says the Antichrist will come out of Rome. But it does it does give a picture there of the that European region, which actually Rome during that time included the Middle East, and yes, it would have included Qatar or Qatar, however you say it. It would have included that area as well. Yeah, could the Antichrist come out of there? It's possible. He could come out of anywhere where the Roman Empire ruled over there in the Europe region, ruling the world over there. We don't know exactly where it'll come out of, but any of those. So it could be what we call today the Middle East, could be more of the Europe, could be in that region right there as well. So we just don't know, but I think any of them are fair game. Yeah, and some people think he's going to come out of a hole in the ground. You're right. Well, in Homs, is that right? Yeah, they believe believe he's going to come out of there in in a well. Yep. uh, From the middle of the earth up in a well, which I find it interesting. They Mm. believe he's going to come up from the middle of the earth because that's where, again, you know, Hades is in the middle of the earth, yes. uh, which is not hell. Don't confuse those two. Uh, but Hades is a different holding tank compartment than, than the hell we think of, the lake of fire. But, yeah, it's interesting they think he's going to come out of the earth because coming out of the earth, is not, you, that's not a good place to be. Center of the earth is not a good place to be. And so think he's going to be coming out of there. That's, that's, that's like maybe. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? All right, Pastor Mark, our next question comes from Michael, and it's regarding the Feast of Trumpets. He says, we have been taught that the Feast of Trumpets is a feast that the Jews don't understand completely or not at all. We as Christ followers look at it as a possible timing of the rapture, so we get more excited in the months around September. Bad habit, I guess, since we should continuously be looking for his return. Question is, since the feasts are for the Jewish people and not necessarily for the church, could this be for the second coming of Christ for the Jews to hear? I'm thinking with the war of Ezekiel 38 and 39 and the migration path of the birds do not come at the same time as the feast. Not that my God can't change the timing of the migration. Look at East Tennessee this year there where, where there are Canadian geese, doves, and hummingbirds. Um, they seem to be here a little later than usual. Yeah, no, several, I think two or three different questions here. I want to address each of yeah. them. And, uh, and, and, and I'm not quite sure if you're talking about looking for his return on the second coming or the rapture, but either way, we always do need to be looking for his return. That's true. Um, and of course, many believe it'll be around the time of the feast of, of, of trumpets because again, it kind of goes in line with the prophetic picture. But as far as the second coming and the Jews just to hear and the feast being for the Jews, here's the thing to remember, uh, Mike, the, 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 it's not so much just for the Jews, it's the picture that God uses of the feasts to talk about world segments or world eras or things that will happen. So it's kind of like a, um, a, a timetable of when things are going to take place. So I think it's for everybody. It's not just for the Jews. It's for Gentiles. It's for It basically is a statement of, here's how I'm going to operate on the earth, and I'm going to use the feasts of Israel to give a picture of when I'm going to do it. And so we've watched all these feasts take place, literally, up to the Feast of Trumpets, which is the one that represents the rapture. So that's probably where you got that question came from. Well, and the physical feasts were definitely for the Jews. 
Absolutely. But then the spiritual component that the feast represent and the prophetic yeah. component that the feast represent, that's the global part. That's for the whole world part, You're right? right. Yes. There's the actual okay. feast for the yes. Jews, which is true, which may be what he's talking about. And then there's the actual, the actual kind of timetable that the feast show to the world about the Lord coming back. Um, now, as far as one other comment I want to make, and it probably comes from a teaching I did last week here, and I may not have been clear when I taught uh, there um, to the body because of, of the way it's worded here. But you said that he talks about the birds coming, uh, not being at the same time uh, of the Ezekiel 38 and 39. No, my point was, I believe that it probably will be during the feast days uh, of Ezekiel 38 and 39. That is, the first migration is uh, right at, between April, May or March, April. It's either March, April or April, May uh, when they first travel. It's in that region right there. The birds, you know, heading, uh, coming back, if you will. And then they leave, which they're doing right now, these 500 million and this migration over there that go over Armageddon in that region. They leave uh, mid-October uh, all the way through about the first part of December. They're traveling. So you've got – and both of those times, in, in the in the springtime there, uh, Michael, you've got uh, the, the fall – the spring feasts, okay, Passover – and those then, and then you've got the fall feasts, which again is where the Feast of Trumpet falls during this time of year. So the birds are migrating during the fall feasts and this time of year as well. So I want to be clear on that. It would be perfect timing actually for the migration of the birds and for all those battles to take place in either of those times of year. Now, if God did it at a different time, he can bring the birds whenever he wants. I mean, he's God. But if he follows the natural migration pattern, which I, my guess is he will, it shows us it's going to be either a spring battle or a fall battle and not a summer battle that takes place or a winter battle. All right, Pastor Mark, our last question comes from Ankana, who enjoys Signs of the Times and Maryville. And she says, throughout the Bible, both in the Old and New Testaments, mm-hmm. we are taught to love our enemies. With the ongoing atrocity since October 7th, particularly to the young innocent lives, um, I would like both Pastor Mark's and Greg's take on how we uh, Christians can quote-unquote love our enemies besides praying for them. Right? Are there types or levels of enemies for us to take into account to love or not to love? With the pro-Palestinian protests in D.C. and across the U.S. and in some countries, do they become our enemies <laughs> yeah that's great Anka. that is great, great. i guess i'll go first yeah. if you wanted your opinion well, no, as well Greg, no, but, yeah, you go for but, it but here's the bottom line first of all you said to the son we love or don't love we love everybody um everyone is to be loved the lord's the bible's clear on that we love our enemies we love everyone jesus died on the cross for every person on this planet as, as we noted before jesus died for the hamas it, look if hamas repented they can go to heaven even after all they've done um you know so God, he, all, all of all of mankind, God loves and wants us to love. I think the the question here and the confusion comes in is what does love mean? We have a definition of love in America and in general that is not really the biblical definition of love. Love in America is just a feeling, being you know, um, you know, I love someone, I feel this way or whatever. Love biblically is actually an action. And sometimes you can love someone without even feeling any love for them at all. You may not feel. Some nice warm feelings toward them. That doesn't mean you don't love them. No, it means to love them would mean to pray that they would be saved. That'd be one way that they could be loved. You're loving them by going to God and saying, God, although they're this wicked, bring them to a place of repentance. Change their heart. Let them repent. Let them be saved. Another way would be to supply for them food, to supply for them passage. You know, it's interesting, Greg. Uh, we now see videos. There's some videos that came out. And, and a Saudi Arabian uh, press guy actually wrote what happened. He said some of the when the when they dropped the leaflets for the civilians to leave, 
as some of the civilians were leaving, uh, Hamas went out there and started mowing them down. They just started shooting them and killing them because they wanted them to stay as human shields. They didn't want them to get away. Remember, they don't care about their own people. They don't care about them at all. They they only care about themselves. So they actually murdered them. And I'm glad that there was a Saudi um, um, oppressor there because you know what they would have said. They would have said the Jews were mowing them down as they were leaving. But he reported, no, this was Hamas. Hamas is killing the Palestinians as they're trying to flee and get away. So what's interesting is, though, look at the contrast. Israel went in. They took that region over. They blocked off Hamas's attacks, and then hordes of people started leaving while the Israeli soldiers protected the Palestinians fleeing down to the south. So the, the Hamas killed their own people as they were trying to flee. Israel comes in, puts a barrier up, defends the, the Palestinians so they are able to leave, and Israel is protecting those that are their enemies. They've said they hate Israel. They want to kill Israel. And so Israel's there. That, that is a biblical picture of love. The Israeli army is loving the Palestinian people in that region by blocking off Hamas from killing them, allowing them to escape in the midst of this battle. And yet they probably don't feel love. They probably don't all look how nice. They're probably upset. You know, they, they killed our people. They, they raped our women, but they're, they're giving them passage to leave because they're not soldiers. They're civilians. So they're showing an act of love. That is, they're protecting them. They're providing food for them. They're providing water for them and supplies for them. Whereas all Hamas does is kill not only the Jews, they kill their own people. So remember, love is, a, is not a feeling. Love is an act we do. And so you can love your greatest enemy by p- providing food, water, clothing, by praying for them that they be saved. But it doesn't mean you want to hang out with them or go to Disney World with them or even, you know, want to, just whatever. It just means you're doing acts of kindness toward them to try to, to, be, to, to love them in the name of God. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that I would add to that, Ankana, is, you know, when you're talking about a people group who is actively trying to kill you and they're your enemy in that sense – you have the right to preserve your own life right. to defend yourself. Right. You know, that doesn't mean that you enjoy having to, you know, defend yourself in such a way where it's kill or be killed in that's that right. sense. That's right. But that's just preservation. God builds that within us to to defend our to defend our life in that way. Yeah. Um which is a little bit different from the standpoint of what Jesus did for us, yes, he had enemies who were actively trying to pursue him and kill him, but there was a specific purpose that only existed for Jesus and for no other man for the purpose for which he had to die. Yeah. So, so we've got to we've got to compartmentalize that by itself, and now let's look at the rest of humanity in terms of who you know the level of of enmity that exists between us and an unbeliever and are they actively trying to kill us or are they just saying bad things to us right yeah anyway. great point no that's a great addition there greg i, I see that I, I again i think that yeah we're to love everybody and that's kind of a fuller picture i like that addition on there and so it's just kind of something we choose to do and even praying for them that's an act of love even if we don't feel good feelings toward them yep all right let's go to the smorgasbord of pestilence plagues disasters and corruption Here's a few of the items on sale at the buffet. This is from foxweather.com. Nepal earthquake kills over 150. Now, this is dated November 4th, so it's been a few days. I'm sure this death toll has changed. The death toll, of course, the article says expected to rise as rescue efforts continue. Yeah, and and the thing to remember for our listeners, remember, is like birth pangs. They're going to come in these kind of clusters. I saw just today, in one hour, there were over 80 earthquakes in Iceland today. In one hour, over 80. 
So it goes with this article right here. I think we're seeing an earthquake contraction taking place. The U.S. Geological Survey recorded a 5.6 earthquake at 1147 on Friday local time, followed by an aftershock at 416 a.m. Saturday registering a magnitude of 4.0. The epicenter of the earthquake and its aftershocks were detected in Jajarok, uh, I'm not sure how to say that, the Jarkot district, I think so, Jarkot, Jar Jarkot, Nepal, sounds like somebody on, on Star Jar Jar Wars. Jar Binks? It sounds like somebody from, yeah, Star <laughs> Wars here. Um, again, uh, citing officials, Reuters reported that at least 157 people have died. Um, you're, you're probably right, Greg, that's changed by now. It usually does. With dozens more injured. As the quake shook buildings as far as away as New Delhi in India, the U.S. Geological Survey recorded the magnitude uh, 5-6-11-47, and it goes, goes down the lines. We talked about that, but either way, yeah. So, again, it's going to happen in clusters. The Lord said it's like a woman in birth pangs. So, uh, just seeing all these earthquakes happening right now in Iceland and what's happening here in Nepal, I think we may be in an earthquake contraction moment. So, keep your eye on that as a Signs of the Times listener. What is the scripture verse, Pastor Mark, that talks about, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously, what can be shaken will be shaken? That's right. Uh, that's a great, uh, let me see exactly if I can find that real quick. Because um, I don't know off the top of my head. I was and just of trying to find it and that, I couldn't. And yeah, and of course, course my yeah. computer's going to freeze, which it did, because we're live on the air. Um, but <laughs> I, if I can find out, you know, but, but you know, it says that. This made me think about that when you talked about the earthquakes there in Iceland. Yeah, and you think about all these. The bottom line is the world's going to get so crazy that yeah. only the only thing stable will be Jesus, and everything else that can be shaken will be shaken. Stuff that can't be shaken won't be. And so, uh, you know, our, we know if we stand on the Lord, we can't be shaken. But this environment around us most certainly will be. And there's going to be a whole lot of shaking going on in the last days. I was going to say, you know, when Jesus talks about abiding in Him in John chapter 15, uh, that's a that's a great implication of abiding in Him, meaning you won't be shaken, even though everything around you will be shaken. That's right. That's so, exactly right. Here it is. Yeah. Uh, no, go ahead. I, did, I thought I had it, but I didn't. Okay. <laughs> well, the Bible has it somewhere, and we'll get that for you. All right. Uh, this is from CBS News. Uh, the uh, Centers for Deceptive, I mean, Disease Control yeah. are reporting that syphilis cases in newborns uh, have skyrocketed at a heartbreaking rate. Yeah. Please explain this. Yeah, that's 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 horrible. Wow. Real quick, he, Hebrews twelve twenty seven. Oh, thank you. There it is. Yet once thank more you. in the case, the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Uh, but yeah, so what a horrible thing. You know, this is again, you know, the Bible talks about in Matthew twenty four, Greg, an increase in pestilence in the last days. And you hate to see it when it spreads to innocent children, but again, that's what's going on. As you said, and the new data shows that, according to the report published uh, Tuesday, more than 3,700 babies in the U.S. were born with syphilis in 2022, more than 10 times the number in 2012. So in 10 years, it's increased more than 10 times. The 2022 case count is the largest in more than 30 years. The congenital syphilis crisis in the United States has skyrocketed, it says, at a, bro- at a heartbreaking rate. The CDC chief medical officer, Dr. Deborah Howry, or Hurry, uh, said in the news release, new actions are needed to prevent more family tragedies. We're calling on the health care providers, public health systems, and communities to take additional steps to connect mothers and babies with care, the care they need. Now, I don't know what the result is for these babies. They get syphilis. You know, it could be blinding, could be all kinds of things. I don't know what's happening. But again, Greg, it's terrible. And the Bible says we'll see more of this, sadly, in the last days. Remember, this is going to be a time of sorrows. We just have to say it. Mm. That's one of the things about our show we always talk about. You know, we, the, we do the good news at the end because we talk about a lot of heavy things. But Jesus himself said, 
uh, this was going to be a, a time of sorrows in the last days. And when he talks about it, watching these things begin, he says it's the beginning of sorrows. So it's going to get more sorrowful as we go on. The good news is the Lord comes back and restores everything and makes it a time of joy. But we have to go through the sorrow to get to the joy. And so I think even the example of the woman in birth pangs really um, displays that well because there has to be a lot of sorrow in the birth process before the joy of the baby. And so we have to go through that as a world as well. Uh, would you, and I'm just throwing this out there because you mentioned birth pangs, and I'm thinking for us as Christians that the world is going through birth pangs. And when a mother is going through labor, and you said, and I think I think you said this, that you believed that COVID was probably the first major contraction when you're it, looking at from a global standpoint. Either that or very separated from other major contractions. So you could you could make the claim that World War II was as well. Mm, but again, I would okay. say it, it was either a very distant mm. Which means you have more, sure. you know, or, 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 yeah, just now kicking in. So I don't know if it's like the very beginning or a distant one, but yes, I do believe, Greg, it was, I believe, a major contraction in the last days because of its worldwide nature and the effect, impact, and change. It brought worldwide change. I, even as World War II, yeah, you look at these things bring worldwide yeah. change when there are these major contractions. The others are small contractions or Braxton Hicks, as we talk about, sure. you know, where the body's preparing. But yeah, yeah there was a worldwide major change, and there's going to be more of those to come. So could the Christian, as they, as they see this, liken themselves as a birth coach in terms <laughs> of offering two things? First yeah. of all, offering coaching, yeah. like, okay, this is what's happening right That's now. Right. And encouragement. Hang in there. You're right. The baby's going to come. It's going to be beautiful. You're it's right. going to be great. And that really, that's our our role in a sense. You know, in terms from from an evangelistic standpoint, from an education standpoint, that we've got to coach the world. You know, through I, these birth pangs. And here's what here's the great thing that's going to come through. Really bad stuff. I know it's bad. I know it's bad. But. Here's what's going to happen. What a great analogy. I think you nailed it. I mean, that's like basically, basically we're a bunch of brothers. Thought, we thought we'd be birth coaches, but it's like, you know, the senior birth coach, uh, we have, you know, whatever. I'm here at Calvary Chapel yeah, because that's what you're doing. You're, you're basically saying, guys, it's, you know, we're going to be okay. We really are. I mean, uh, you see all this stuff happening and you think, you know, wow, this is, this is really bad. But again, we have to go through the birthing process for the new kingdom to be born. And, and why? Again, for those that would say, but why would God do this? God didn't do it. We did. Mm-hmm. And let me explain why. In the garden, it says God yeah. made it good. It wouldn't, none of this would have happened. We sinned. And when we sinned, death and, and, and all these problems entered in. And so now we have the consequence of that. And so the, the culmination of it is, it's going to culminate in these horrible sorrows and terrible times in the last days, which we are beginning to see more and more. And we have to go through that process, and then boom, the kingdom is born. You know, it's interesting, Greg. Prior to the fall, uh, birth was not something that was painful. There wasn't pain. As a matter of fact, he goes on to say that after Eve fell, he says, now you're going to, in childbirth, you have you shall have pain and all this, whatever. That means it wasn't there beforehand. You think, how in the world could you have a baby and it not be painful? Look, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it seems like it'd be painful either way, but the Lord said it wasn't. It's because of the fall that became painful. That was a consequence. And now the earth is groaning and the earth has its pain. And so, yeah, we're, we're going to be going through birth pangs together as a world. Um, 
the key is going to be, again, those of us that get taken out of here before the actual, you know, the major birth pangs kick in, which I believe is the rapture of the church. It's kind of like, you know, you're in there in the room and used to, they didn't let the dad stay. When it came, you stay there for a while and then, okay, dad, you can leave. And in essence, he got raptured out of there. Right. Yeah. And then the woman had to go through it all by herself. Well, now uh, the dad has to stay in there during the great tribulation. With that's the right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But yeah, anyway, that's a great analogy. Just another, great, another way to look at no, it. No, it's a great way to look at it. It's a great point. All right. All right, let's get to some good news, because we can use any good news we can get. And this is from ChristianHeadlines.com. Hate-filled addict's journey to freedom through faith. Yeah, I'm glad. Let's talk I, about that. Yeah, I'm glad I left this longer because yeah. we have a little more time to talk about this. And yeah. I left it. I thought this is going to be a little bit longer. I'm going to cover more today on this because you got to read the story to really okay. grasp yeah. this good news. Sometimes you can just kind of go, okay, here's the good news story. But listen to this: in a new viral video, a 23 year old prisoner inmate describes how God changed his life. Now, this again, I was never a prisoner inmate, but become because I came out of a world of getting in trouble legally and all these things, and God saved me. My heart always, you know, perks up a little bit when I hear how God rescues these guys because I can't compare myself to them, but I know the feeling of starting to get into that direction of just your life falling apart in legal trouble and God comes to rescue you. There's no feeling like it. It's euphoric. It's like you're rescued truly from the hands of the enemy. He says, what, what, was, uh, what was God in my recovery? They asked him. He said, everything. Ty Bateman said in this video, it's been a supernatural thing. It's been something eternal that he's done in me. He's flipped the switches. Christ Jesus is my Lord and Savior. He is my success story. He's the reason I'm here today. I put in the work. I put in the effort, but he did the transformation of my heart. And I'm only here and alive because of him, Bateman said. Uh, the video is from God Behind Bars, a nonprofit ministry that shares the testimonies of prison inmates. The video of Bateman has more than 200,000 likes on Instagram. And in the video, Bateman shares that he was raised in a Christian home. But he was sexually molested and raped when he was nine years old. Wow. He was bullied at school as well, according to the CBN News report. He says, I eventually started hating life. You know what? You take a child like no that wonder. and abuse them? Yeah. He said, I started hating God um, because they can't understand how God could, you know, this could sure. take place. I started just cursing and hating everybody, he said. Uh, he attempted suicide when he was 10 and then spent time in and out of mental hospitals. When he was 13, he started using drugs, and at 16, he went to drug rehab. Everything they tried to do didn't work, he said. I was constantly verbally abusive to my family. I would constantly bicker with my mom. I had to be restrained multiple times because of my aggression. I'm punching trees, punching walls, punching holes in my wall, just causing massive amounts of mischief, he said. He dropped out of high school again uh, in 2017 and tried to commit suicide. Uh, my mom went to take my little sister to school. Listen, listen to this. Talk about God sparing his life. He says, my mom went to take my little sister to school, he shared. It gave me enough time. I ran down to the basement. I already had a cord ready and braided. I tied the noose. I remember looking back at my friend. So he had a friend there with him and saying, hey, this really? is it, bro. I'm done. Wow. I kicked the ladder from underneath myself, and I died, Bateman recalled. He died after eight minutes. And was taken to the hospital where medical staff resuscitated him. After recovery, Bateman turned back to drugs in April 2020. He was arrested and sentenced to four years in prison. He again tried to kill himself, but he survived and was transferred to Jefferson County Jail in Golden, Colorado. And I quote, I ended up in a pod with a guy named Trivi, Bateman <laughs> recalled. And he held a prayer circle one night. Wow. And then he got puts him in there with a believer. It was a prayer circle about forgiveness 
And at that moment, I lost everything. I just broke down crying. When I heard that Jesus forgave me in that jail, everything changed. I couldn't believe that with all that I'd done, Jesus still loved me just as much as anybody else. I couldn't believe it. Jesus transformed me. He allowed me to feel again. He has healed my hate. Wow. What a testimony. That you know, is, I, what a wonderful I, testimony. It is. You talk about a, a, you know, a feel-good story, a feel-good testimony. I, you know, I just want to accentuate this um, again as we get close to the close of the broadcast. This just brings out the point. It doesn't matter what you've done. You out there listening to us right now, whether you're listening you know, just on the radio or online or streaming, whatever you're doing, there is nothing you've done that the Lord cannot and will not forgive if you will just ask his forgiveness and repent. If you do it from your heart, if you truly mean it, and you say, Lord, I need you to forgive me. Here's, what, here's what's hard for us to grasp. My sin has been so bad, God can never forgive me. You know why? Because we're thinking about an emotional decision. I'm going to make an emotional decision to forgive you. It isn't about emotional decisions. It is a legal a legal situation that happened in the heavenly and spiritual realm. Jesus legally died for everything you've ever done and anyone has ever done on the planet. He had to die for the whole kit and caboodle, the entire earth, all its sins. He had to legally go to the cross, spill his blood as a payment, the legal payment in heaven, because God said only blood can pay for sin. It had to be righteous blood. He spilled his blood. He paid for all the sin of the earth. And and here's the thing. It's all paid for. So there's nothing you can do that's too much to be forgiven because it had to be all-encompassing. So it's not an emotional thing. It's a legal thing. You just have to receive it and believe it. But here's the deal. Because you may say, well, if he died for everybody, then why isn't everybody just saved? This is where God says we have to be a part of this. Jesus paid for all of it legally. It's done. But you have to accept it. You've got to come and say, I'm guilty. You've got to confess your sin. Humble yourself. I am guilty. That that takes care of the emotional side of it. And the legal side is, Lord, forgive me of my sins, what you did for me in your blood. Now, legally, you're covered. Regardless, I don't care what it is. If you killed everybody on the planet in a horrible way and you were the last one standing here before God, your sin would still be paid for. All you have to do is truly repent and say, now, forgive me. I've been such a, an evil, you know, foolish person. And the Bible says, because it was legally done in heaven, you're now legally forgiven. And not only that, when you get to heaven... It's not even there. It's not something that has to be expunged from your record. It doesn't even exist. So here's 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 my point. Look, if you're listening today and you're saying, I'm that person, how could God forgive me? Stop thinking about how God could forgive you emotionally by feelings, okay? Because we're all pretty rotten. Mm. God forgave you legally. It is a legal, blood-binding legal document in heaven. It is done. And he also, on top of that, he does love you. Because his love is greater than man's love could be. So he can forgive things we couldn't forgive. Ask his forgiveness right now. Say, Lord, please forgive me of my sins. I know that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. I I, I confess it to you. I repent. I turn from my sins and I turn now to you, Lord. I believe your blood legally covered me, which means you paid for every sin ever done, past, present, future. So mine is paid for as well. Wash me clean. I give my life to you. And the Bible says if you do that, you will be born again, and you will receive your place in the kingdom of heaven. And that's right now the Lord is waiting. You simply have to make that decision. And then the wonderful thing, Pastor Mark, is that you get the indwelling of God's Holy Spirit. That's right. That now you have the power, God's power, the power that you never had before to resist temptation, to resist sinning, doing bad things. You now have the ability to say no to those things. Yeah, absolutely. 
And if you want someone to speak to, if you prayed that prayer, please give us a call, 865-609-1385 here at Calvary Chapel. We'll have someone here to speak with you, to pray with you, and to help you get started in your walk. And I encourage you to find a church, a Bible-teaching church. Uh, again, if you're local, you're more than welcome. You're invited here. There's a lot of Bible-teaching churches around here. And just find one that teaches the Word of God and get plugged in because you're going to need help to grow. And the enemy's going to do his best to pull you back into the world. So come to Jesus. Let him hold you. Let him forgive you. Let him restore you. And be just like this man's story here, just in, in a new life that doesn't just happen here on earth, but is eternal in heaven. Amen. Wow, Amen. what a wonderful, wonderful testimony. All right, Pastor Mark, thank you so much. And folks, thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can get much more at thewaymedia.net than just everything Signs of the Times related. You can listen to our radio station, WIM, where 24 hours a day you can get over 20 different Bible teachers in praise and worship music, plus listen to all the live services from Calvary Knoxville, as well as Pastor Mark's daily radio program you can subscribe to, which is Come to the Table, and the ever-growing media library from the pulpit of Calvary Knoxville. We'll see you back here next Friday for more Signs of the Times. Follow.